0: Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining
1: us today. Let's get to it.
0: Monica, you're an Enchant ambassador, so you should have told me last week that it was no longer Safeco Field,
1: but it's T-Mobile Park, Monica. (laughs) So I blame you for the whole entire segment last has week. there been a lot of pushback like just from that i mean are there have there been consequences
0: <laughs> i've heard a couple messages <laughs> and i keep replaying it back i apologize actually monica apologizes <laughs> it's <laughs> not safe to feel.
1: <laughs> it's pink it is t- it's so it's magenta <laughs>
0: Monica, you're way better than that. You're an ambassador for Enchant. (laughs) You should already you should know that it was T-Mobile. No, no, I knew. You should (laughs) have. Oh, you knew. That's even worse. Yet you didn't have the heart to tell me on live. air when we were recording that it was to correct me because I said Safe
1: Go Field at least ten times when I was on my rant last week. Well I think they'll be paying more attention to what you're saying about the food prices than anything else. It's it's only been a year since the change, Nelson. It's it's a transition for all of us. I just still know. (laughs)
0: Anyway. Monica apologizes. (laughs) Oh, you're too funny. Yeah, it's funny it's it's funny because uh when I, I watch a lot of football right everybody knows that i watch a lot of nfl mm-hmm. football and the san diego chargers moved to los mm-hmm. angeles all those commentators still call it san diego chargers and i think they moved like two years ago it still hasn't <laughs> it still hasn't like sunk into their brain that they're not no longer the san diego chargers that they're the la chargers but anyway welcome to our show this is episode 64 of the seattle footy podcast I am Nelson, and she's Monica, and we are the co-hosts. Monica, we have a couple of recaps. I'm really enjoying the holidays because there's not a lot of events <laughs> going on for us, and I'm, I'm getting a lot more free time to just not doing anything or to actually just relax and i don't know how do you feel Monica. i feel
1: pretty good as well i think our schedule was really getting to us and like you sometimes it's just nice to stay at home but also we've been going out but we've just been going out with friends places that we want to go to so all these meetups that we haven't had time for for months and months and months just having a simple meal with someone or going to the park i mean it's been completely amazing
0: Whoa, 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 Monica! That's that's your opinion. I going to places we want to go to those events. We do. I, there are places I do want to go to, so don't throw me under the bus on that one, Monica.
1: Isn't that what I mean? We we have lists of places <laughs> that we want to visit, right? And we never right, get right. to go to these places because we're we're booked solid. They're all good places, but Seattle's food community is so vast and ever changing that it's hard to fit a lot of these places in that might not have you know might not have invited us in. So we, we all have these lists of places that we want to try, yes. our bucket lists, yes.
0: bookmarks. Just messing around with you, Monica, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> speaking of places we want to go to, let's start with a recap that we didn't get a chance to because we recorded earlier last week. So Monica, as I mentioned, we recorded last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about our visit to Heartwood Provisions. Oh, we love this place, right? Oh, yeah. It's close to my office. I love this place. <laughs> you and I, along with our foodie friends, had a chance to check out several dishes, including some of their new ones on their menu for this upcoming season and their tasting menu too on there. Some of the highlights for me included the foie gras mousseline, wild sea scallops, octopus with squid ink fried rice, charcuterie board, not just any charcuterie board. This was this had this nice, really nice burrata as well as some other things and bone marrow. Monica, they brought out bone marrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We also had some cocktails, including the award-winning Abuela's Marmalade.
1: Monica, what dishes impressed you out of all that? I think there are dishes from both chef Kimberly Causeway and from Jonathan Ragsdale that I enjoyed. I'd say from chef Causeway, I'd have to say that foie gras the mousseline is one of the best that I've ever tasted. It was so delicate and creamy and just so delicious. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all like fighting each other on the table for that last bite. That one
0: definitely was very smooth and just so soft when it touched your, your tongue. It was incredible.
1: Absolutely. And from Jonathan Ragsdale, I'd have to say that octopus with squid ink fried rice, that's been on the menu for a while, but I think it's so expertly prepared and well done. It's just unbelievable and so I you know it's just it's really hard to pick a favorite um the scallops that we tried that was going on the menu the next day so that's a newer item also very delicious and we all know that Monica's like a picky scallop eater so it's so <laughs> yes, good you so are. good yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, In terms of the the cocktails, I didn't really try many of them, but I have in the past. Um, And I have to say, Heartwood is just one of those places where they have such a fantastic bar program that is paired well with all the food. And so I have had their cocktails before and they're delicious. But on this night, I just felt like having a Pilsner. So you can just get a regular beer too, if you want.
0: I had the Beauty and the Beast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Monica, it had like a flowered rose,
0: edible rose (laughs) in the middle of it. And it was in this little... Jar container, like the dying rose in the, in the movie. And Mm -hmm. you remove the jar and you have the drink underneath. It was cool. I don't know. (laughs) Again, Nelson likes
1: cute stuff, right? (laughs) I forgot to ask you if you wanted to go to the hello kitty thing with me.
0: (laughs) Uh, For some reason at my, uh, at my young age, I missed out on the whole Pikachu and Hello Kitty phase and mm. not Pikachu, but Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I loved all the other stuff like Transformers, all those other toys, He Man, and, and then progressed over to like Teenage Ninja Turtles and then Star Wars and whatnot. But for some reason, I missed out on all, all that Pokemon Hello Kitty. Mm. So go figure
1: go figure,
0: go figure. <laughs> anyway back to hardwood provisions <laughs> they have they just launched a lot of new items on their menu you guys got to check it out they have a wonderful brunch i we've recommended brunch before to mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners and i always recommend it to a lot of people that just ask me to as well it's just a really great underrated place i think it's mm-hmm. very underrated even though a lot of people know about it too as well
1: no i 100 percent agree with you
0: monica what do you have for our recap
1: Uh, Let's see. I cannot believe it's been over two years since Seattle Pops opened their storefront, and I've been following them around since the very beginning, and they just released winter flavors for us to try with a group of friends. For Pops, they have peppermint white chocolate, gingerbread, apple a la mode, pomegranate, and spiced apple. And the great thing about the storefront is that you can get toppings, and I got my apple a la mode drizzled with John Borg caramel sauce. What was your favorite, Nelson? Well, I wish I had the apple a la mode, but someone else
0: ate my apple a la mode with caramel sauce. However, (laughs) with John Boy caramel sauce. However, I really was impressed by the gingerbread. Monica, I don't know if you know this. I'm not a big gingerbread fan, but when you mix it with the popsicle Mm -hmm. and the ice cream. Oh, wow. That was really good. Mm-hmm. So I love that. <laughs> I had chocolate with sprinkles on mine, dipped. So <laughs> again, to look cute. The peppermint white chocolate. Mm-hmm. Love white chocolate. So that was that was really good too. I had no, I okay, I'll be honest with you. When you said pomegranate and spiced apple, it just blanked my mind that those were also the other holiday flavors mm-hmm. on the other side. Cause all I, I thought that the only holiday flavors were those milk or the um, cream based flavors. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, should have tried those. So I'll have to go back and try those next time. Oh, there's so many. And, you know, for the gingerbread, uh, my son was there and he is very particular about what he eats at Seattle Pops. One of the reasons it's been a family favorite for us is because he absolutely loves it. He's always sporting a Seattle Pops sticker everywhere. And I was surprised that he branched out and said he would try the gingerbread and he couldn't stop talking about it. Like He was talking about it that night at home. So like you <laughs> yeah. said, it's it's a really impressive rendition and it's, it's magical how they make these flavors. Oh, absolutely. Yes. But guys, it's not just the pops. Another treat you can get at the storefront are warm drinks like pumpkin cider, apple pear cider, hot cocoa and Mexican hot chocolate. Now for me, I'm not a huge pumpkin fan. In fact, one of the only pumpkin flavored treats that I'll have is the the pumpkin pop at Seattle Pops. But I think the pumpkin cider really captured the essence of the pumpkin. It was pretty amazing. Uh, Nelson, did you try any of the drinks?
0: yes i had the apple pear cider mm-hmm. and monica like i mentioned i'm coming back for those other flavors mm-hmm. i'm definitely coming back for that apple pear cider again mm-hmm. so so good the mexican hot chocolate was also delicious too as well but man that apple pear cider i loved it with the whipped cream on top mm-hmm. oh yeah and of course there were sprinkles you so know yeah. i was gonna say <laughs> coming
1: back for that apple pear cider definitely. <laughs> guys if you want to lure nelson anywhere just have whipped cream and sprinkles and he'll come running <laughs> Like for real, it's no joke. (laughs) Anyhow, thanks to Seattle Pops for having us over. And guys, catch up on episode three. That's right, episode three to hear our interview with owner Megan James. Nelson, do you have another recap for us? Yes, I do. And Monica,
0: yesterday we braved the cold and some minor technical difficulties. (laughs) We had some fun. We had a fun night on Saturday as we were down at the Pyramid Brewing near t-mobile park for their (laughs) tree lighting and donation celebration monica this event as you well know, benefited food lifeline to Western Washington and pyramid donated $100,000 to food lifeline. So they gave us the, they gave them the big giant check yeah. that said $100,000, which was awesome. That's amazing. I personally haven't seen someone donate that much in a long, long time. I mm-hmm. think that's such an awesome cause. Mm-hmm. We got to see an awesome light show with a 230 plus keg built tree. <laughs> it was crazy. Live reindeers photo booth. we love photo booths, Monica. And plenty of holiday beers. The holiday beers included gingerbread stout and the snow cap ale, amongst other things. I had a couple of Hefeweizens. I'm not going to – I loved the Pyramid's Hefeweizen. Monica, what was your favorite thing?
1: Uh, let's see. So you and I actually got to try some of the beer before as well because they sent us some snow cap ale and also the Blazing IPA. And surprise, I love the IPA. I just love that hoppy taste and that freshness to it. And so that, that was my favorite of the night. But uh, for sure, I thought the lighting was pretty amazing. And of course, the donation to Food Lifeline. I think the lighting was playing, uh, what was that song? The Greatest, greatest show? show? Yeah. The Greatest
0: Showman. Greatest Showman yeah. or is it
1: The Greatest Show? I can't remember. I yeah. think it's The Greatest yeah. Show. But it yeah. was definitely um, timed very well, I thought. Can you sing it, Manka? I don't know how that song goes. I'm not singing, you're the singer. (laughs) Wanna play Mass Singer? Dang it. (laughs) Only when we do karaoke when I've had maybe four drinks, we'll go. Four
0: four drink minimum.
1: Four drink minimum for for Monica singing. I am an expensive date. Don't you ever forget it? (laughs) <laughs> okay, shout out to Pyramid Ale. Thanks
0: so much. I, I had a great time. That was a fun time, despite being 30 degrees. Was it 35? I can't remember what, how. It was. It was cold, but it was. They had hot chocolate, some warm cider, and the beers. Beers kept us warm too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it did. And let me just say that I've received so many messages of the video of you with the, the ice luge. <laughs> oh, no, I totally forgot about that. So many messages. <laughs> so guys if you want to see that it's it's on my personal account on my highlights or it will be but so many messages um so people thought that was really fun also
0: <laughs> awesome i won't be re- reposting that one i guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so i guess that's
0: it yeah that's it that's all our. that's all we got for the recaps like i said mm-hmm. holiday season makes for it easier show for us but we have several events monica there's mm-hmm. still some things going on so let me go ahead and start off mm-hmm. on wednesday december 4th at axis one in pioneer square seattle chocolate and jay coco are teaming up for coco pop not cocoa puffs it's <laughs> for some reason <laughs> i have Coco puffs in my head <laughs> coco pop for an immersive chocolate experience there will be interactive installations plenty of chocolate and sips and there will be a live performance from the flavor blue flavor for them guys is spelled f-l-a-v-r so there's no o in there one the flavor blue <laughs> sounds cool a portion of the proceeds will benefit northwest harvest and tickets can be purchased at cocopop.brownpapertickets.com. monica this sounds like an awesome and fun night of like a chocolate experience between seattle chocolate and
1: Cocoa. it does and it's left me wondering what this immersive chocolate experience is because when you say immersive chocolate experience i just picture myself like swimming in a pool full of chocolate
0: <laughs> there might be, because there's going to be art, interactive art installations. I know. That's,
1: that's why open. I'm excited. It's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been into Access One before, that building? I love that building. It is gorgeous. Just the whole like industrial chic of it, the brick and the different levels. It's a beautiful space. I love it.
0: I always drive by and it's just there's always people in those event spaces. It's mm-hmm. just kind of this nice little, very open area, this mm-hmm. large open area in there. I might need to go check that out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Monica, what do you have to start off our events?
1: I have. Let's see. So Nelson, I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Have you ever been mesmerized by a cheese board on Instagram?
0: Uh, of course. Yes, <laughs> mine. <laughs> mesmerized by mine.
1: Okay, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the holidays are the perfect time to make one. And The Works, which is located on 151 – well, I like that, 151 – 12th Avenue, uh, they have a class for it on Saturday, December 7th from 2.30 p.m. to 4 p.m. You can learn how to create a great cheese board on a budget, guys. Hands-on food styling techniques, how to choose elements based on texture and flavor, how to calculate quantities for a crowd, and more. Nelson? You know, I mean, I think over the years, I, I think I've learned a little bit more about cheese boards and charcuterie boards. And definitely just having all of this in one spot where you can learn it all at once, I think will make anyone the life of the party.
0: Yes, definitely. I think it's it's good to know and really kind of an art or skill, in mm-hmm. my opinion,
1: because you sure. have to
0: have certain cheeses, mm-hmm. um, what kind of nuts go with what. Mm-hmm. And dried fruits, et cetera. So I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's very useful. We saw that our friends, Annie Eats Food, What Jesse Eats, Life of Jess, and Momo Shares did the Halloween cheese making class, right?
1: Yeah, they had those cute little uh, ghost cheese slices. Yeah.
0: Those look really cool. I think mm-hmm. there's probably going to be some festive molds too. Probably mm-hmm. when you go check that out. So, probably. yeah. Monica, does that mean you're hol- you're inviting me to a holiday cheese board making class? <laughs> no,
1: sorry. Oh. <laughs> when I invite you places, you don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Not, true. Not true. Not true. Oh, I'm sorry. When I invite you places, you just want to take someone else instead of taking me <laughs> to the thing that I'm inviting you to. <laughs> hashtag not a couple
0: once again not true but keep
1: going <laughs> keep going the best part about this class you guys is that you get to create your own mini cheese board to take home tickets are 59 dollars and available on theworkseattle.com all right monica my last event for us is beer Everybody loves beer,
0: especially in the winter time. And so we uh, we haven't talked about a beer festival in quite a while, Monica. I, I believe not since Oktoberfest. Is that is that correct?
1: Maybe, yeah. but Oktoberfest for us kind of stretched like it was like a two or three week thing for Oktoberfest. It was <laughs> it was once, it was once a while. again here. Uh, do we need to hear
0: about my rant again? Do I, am I like old man rant again? It's like why is it Oktoberfest in November? It should be November Fest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, <laughs> well, I, I obviously it I guess it has to do something with the weather being cold or something outside, but the Winter Beer Fest guys is held by the Washington Brewers Guild. It's this Friday and Saturday at Hangar 30 in Magnuson Park. So it's going to be in somewhat, you know, covered. There's going to be plenty of winter and holiday beers to try out. And they will have over 50 plus local breweries. The Winter Bear Fest is two days. Friday's is from 5.30 to 9.30 p.m. And Saturday it's split into two sessions, guys. It's from noon to 4, 5.30 to 9.30. So for all of you night drinkers, Five thirty 30 to 9 30 on Saturdays. Tickets can be purchased on stranger tickets.com and designated driver admission is available for five tickets at the door. If you have, if you're a designated driver or you have friends that are designated driver, they also can participate as well. Ooh. Monica, get your pretzel necklaces ready.
1: <laughs> let's go drink some beer still, I mean, you know, the first time you told me that, I'm just like, no, that's not a thing. And then, you yes, know, I thing. I actually go <laughs> to a lot of beer events, <laughs> but, but I never noticed like people wearing pretzel necklaces until after you mentioned it. And I'm just like, oh, is that a thing? <laughs> and I guess it is a thing. So I, I don't know. I can't get with it. <laughs> so pro
0: tip, guys, because I'm about to tell you an embarrassing story about myself. <laughs> Do not buy the cheese-flavored pretzels or cheese-flavored crackers on summer beer festivals. Because if it gets really hot and you start to sweat and the sweat gets on the necklace, what happens? It's all a cheesy mess on your t-shirt. Oh, my goodness. So do not buy cheese-type or any-flavored-type crackers. So (laughs)
1: there you go. Lesson learned. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) You're, You're welcome. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know. To
0: this day, my friends still make fun of me for like for that. Oh my gosh! It's like, it's like Cheeto hands, but it's all over your shirt. Yeah, that's what it is.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, Nelson. <laughs> I have one more event. Uh, it okay. is. It is the winter feast food truck fest. So years ago, and you know, I've been following street food for a very long time in Seattle. So years ago, this was the only winter food truck event in the area. And on Sunday, December eighth, from 10am to 4pm at Fremont Sunday Market, it's coming back. So uh, there's not a whole lot of news about who's going to be there, but there's been a couple highlights. Tijuana tacos just released empanadas. So I'm not sure if they'll have them for this event, but I think that they will because they just started having them like two weeks ago. And they've been having new specials regularly, which is something that I love. I get tired of the same menus because, you know, I'm on the street so much I eat all the food. I actually tried those today, the beef ones, and they were actually really good. They were a really nice size. They had a really nice uh, crust tip them and then they were filled with savory beef and vegetables and so they said they're going to have different flavors as well. Uh, True North Coffee Roasters is one of my favorites. I love their nitro and they also do pour over brews so that's a way you can keep warm during the winter and also they have you know heated gas heaters out there so so you can warm up so in case you get too cold those are always available. And let's not forget, Porosky Porosky is going to be there with their sweet and savory creations in their red truck. And I love that they have a truck now so that I don't have to try to go to one of their locations. And it's just such great street food. It's very walkable where you can just grab it, share it, and walk around and check out holiday shopping. Uh, Nelson, what are some things you might be excited to try?
0: Uh, The True North Coffee Roasters because I've... Mm. I don't think I've ever tr- tried them before and proshki proshi is always a fan of mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of them. So Me too. I can I can always just grab one in my hand and just eat it, mm-hmm. just walk around with it. I, I always like, it's always nice to have other red truck, you know, around those places too. Like you said, if I want Proshky, I can, I don't have to go down to Pike Place Market to get something or South Center yeah
1: for sure for sure and guys if you want to jump on your holiday shopping this is a great place to buy both handcrafted goods by makers and used items like vintage furniture clothing and more Fremont is one of the most popular spots to buy used furniture and it's just you know there are constantly people walking through the market with like tables and chairs and stuff so (laughs) it's it's a pretty fun event all right Monica four events
0: in this upcoming week pretty good not bad Mm -hmm. just in time for the shopping season
1: it's perfect because I know some people haven't gotten their holiday shopping done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, someone looking at me?
1: <laughs> well, I didn't want to name any names. <laughs> okay. No. Guess, Guess what, what
0: everyone? What? Everybody's getting a donation to the Human Fund. Yes, oh, the Human okay. Fund.
1: Okay, is that something that you just made up?
0: <laughs> oh. Do you not watch Seinfeld? And then george costanza made up this charity that he's donating money like he write he writes these pieces of papers like congratulations someone has made a donation to the human fund and, like, oh my people are like that? it's just like it's just instead of giving away money or gift he's just made up just the fake certificate that gives people oh my gosh
1: i miss i must have missed that episode but nelson is it good yeah i know you've got a list of things you have to send me (laughs) you tell me about a new (laughs) tv show new new slash old tv show every week (laughs) that i haven't seen (laughs) so okay who's our interview for today oh we have a good one today our interview today is with brian lamb
0: who happens to be at Bam Bam Lamb Chops. Monica, we first met Brian when he showed up to a Fluto pop-up with all of us, and we talked about it on our first interview, and he has become part of the Seattle food community ever since. Brian initially started as a landscape photographer, which is still his first love, but his food account has steadily been rising. Here is our interview with Brian Lamb. Hey Seattle, I am with Mr. Antisocial Ramen Club himself, Bam Bam Lamb Chops, Brian Lamb, my friend, Foodie, we met, I think, earlier this year?
2: Yep, we met at, uh
0: was it, a pop-up? Fluto. Fluto, the yeah. Fluto pop-up out at Sam Choi's and Wawa Lemonade. Wawa Lemonade, Kirkland. Yeah, yeah, yeah and out in Kirkland, and he's blown up by storm. So, <laughs> welcome, Brian, to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so normally we talk about, like, how do we get your Instagram started and all that, but you're, you're a little bit different. First of all, male foodie. There's yep. not a lot of us out there in Seattle, and you do a lot of cooking. We're recording the day before Thanksgiving. I want to talk about your home cooking because you do a lot of home cooking in your Instagram stories, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So what do you normally like to cook? Let's talk. Let's start with that.
2: Uh, so usually I like to you know make steak. That's kind of my go-to. Um, I usually use my uh, sous vide machine. Um, and i try to do a lot of like Asian food, mainly Vietnamese, you know, like soup base and whatnot. Um, I mean, it just really depends on what I'm feeling.
0: You know, if I'm hungry for this and I'll probably make that. So you, you, soup bases are very complex, don't, you're just kind of brushing it off. So where did you learn how to cook and figure all that out?
2: When I was young, I would always watch my mom make food and then I would kind of just keep notes of that. Uh, but once I moved out at 18, I pretty much was forced to cook by myself uh-huh. to survive. Yeah, uh, I didn't have money, so you know, I had to cook kid, and eat out. Kind of just learned from there, and then figured out you know what tastes good and what didn't, and. Had friends try it out and stuff.
0: Did you ever like look up recipes online or anything, or yeah. how did you how did you figure that out?
2: Yeah, usually I'll, I'll look up you know recipes and then just kind of get how they're starting it, and then I kind of do it to my own taste. So you know, if it says add chili flakes or whatnot, I'll probably do something different. Or you know, if they want like a powder or whatnot, I'll I'll just do you know like real ingredients. So it kind of is more I guess organic or natural. I guess you can say.
0: So when I was 18, 19 years old, and I lived in an apartment. It was basically reheat as much frozen food as possible. So I didn't, I didn't really do a lot of cooking. My father finally gave me a cookbook and he was like, here, you need to learn how to cook. Start reading from this. And that's how I learned to like make fried rice and do all that stuff. But... I, it it didn't take it probably took me probably to my mid twenties to really figure out that I was like making a more complex recipes mm-hmm. instead of like reheating corn dogs. So, <laughs> so that's pretty impressive that you did it at such an early age.
2: I guess I was like kind of into it, you know, when I was growing up. So it, it, I, I enjoyed doing it. So I I didn't find that it was a hassle or you know a chore or anything. It was just something that I wanted to, I guess, accomplish because you know I was hungry. Uh-huh. So, you know, kind of just made it into something that I do on a daily or weekly basis.
0: So where do you go grocery shopping now when, you, when you're looking for food or when you're looking for buying ingredients? Where do you usually go to?
2: So it, it really depends. I mean, if I'm looking for like Asian-based foods, I would go to like Bellevue um, Asian Family Market mm-hmm. uh, or like Chinatown since there's a big selection. Uh, but if it's something simple, I'll, I'll just go to, like Safeway and see if I can come up with something there. Most of the time... It's all Asian like ingredients, so you kind of have to go to specialties for that.
0: okay, so recently, what have you made
2: recently? Uh, I think the most recent thing that I made was bunrio. It's a Vietnamese soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like has crab, shrimp, and uh t- tomato base. I mean it's not huge in Seattle, but there are a lot of people that do like it, and there are some restaurants that that make it, but i I kind of like my own way
0: mm-hmm.
2: adding more crab or more shrimp. Just because I like seafood. Is that something
0: your mom or dad used to make? Yeah, yeah.
2: my mom makes it and I eat it all the time. So I,
0: something I kind of wanted to learn. Okay. I'm going to get one last question about home cooking. I'm <laughs> always so fascinated by, by foodies who can cook. And it's just one of the things I'm just like, wow. I'd, I know it's a skill, right? It's a skill. But what do you want to make in the future? Tell me one or two things.
2: Um, I really like Thai food. So maybe make like pad siu or pad kimau. Okay. Anything that's in the future that crave maybe like uni pasta or something like that. All right.
0: Ooh, uni pasta sounds good. Is it still uni season? I think it's. We think we've still got a couple more weeks, right? Yeah, it's over uh, population, I think. All right. Okay. So let's get into uh, Instagram. Tell me how you got started because you were. I mean, you're a foodie for many years before you even started Instagram. But you're also a photographer too. Like na- nature photography, right? I
2: could do like landscapes. Landscapes. But just learning how to do that.
0: Okay. Did you start to, did you do that before you started your foodie account?
2: No. It was actually my personal account and okay. I kind of converted into a, a food page just cuz I enjoy taking pictures of food.
0: Okay. <laughs> have you have you been taking food pictures for a while or did you just kind of did you start recently this year?
2: No, it, it was just, you know, pictures on the phone, but then they were kind of crappy. And so I I guess kind of learned to see a better picture and, you know, get different things to make it look appealing.
0: Um, how did you originate? How did you transition to a food account? Because you said it was just a personal account before, but then how, why? what made you change it to a food account?
2: So I, I don't really tell many people this, but... Um, I guess at the beginning of the whole food thing I enjoyed uh oh, it, was, it was it was an outlet so I was kind of in this depression uh, mood for a while and you know taking pictures of food and posting it um was kind of my outlet to I guess happiness right but yeah it, it kind of just turned to something that I enjoy and um I guess it really worked out to to be in the the outlet
0: yeah. that I needed it's kind of like mine too. I needed a creative outlet to do something. I, we have let's say pretty square jobs, right? We're just yeah. pretty <laughs> analytical yeah. type based jobs, computer programming, etc. There's not much creativity behind all that. What I do and what you do too. Yeah. So I think it's it's this kind of gives me sort of a different art form to work on, and I think that's kind of what yours is like too.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So let's talk about Seattle food scene. How would you describe the Seattle food scene? What Tell me your your initial thoughts. Uh,
2: So, I mean, it's a fun, fun uh, scene. You know, it's kind of something for us to meet up and socialize for, you know, everyone that is kind of like minded, you know, we love food and we love taking pictures of food. So it's something we all, I guess, look forward to and seeing each other and makes it a good
0: time. Okay. What are you looking for when you're shooting, when you're shooting food around Seattle?
2: uh so I guess just just to make that food look appealing, so um I don't really know much you know about photography, but I just take pictures of what I think looks good in my eyes,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so that's why you know I post the things that I post um and I guess the way that I take pictures are just you know ba- mainly um the way
0: that i I see it okay, let's talk about Seattle food. What are some of your favorite spots that you like to go to? Uh, now, this doesn't necessarily have to be Seattle because you and I are both on the east side area a lot, uh-huh. so it can be east side too as well or just greater Seattle area.
2: Uh, so I, there's there's a lot. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but I mean, some of the places that I do like going to are, you know, like Un Bien for Cuban sandwiches. All the way on Ballard. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd okay. drive for that. I do that too. Yep. I <laughs> that
0: we, we had this discussion already. Was like, we'd drive out for that.
2: Yep. I'm Seattle fish guys for sure. I Love the pokey there, and pretty much anything sushi. I love raw fish, okay. uh, sashimi.
0: Any good sushi spots? Um,
2: not really that I usually go to on a normal basis. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, on a not normal basis, where, <laughs> do, you, where do you
2: like to go to? Uh, let's see here. I mean, if we want like cheap sushi, we'll go to you know Sushi Land, uh-huh. um, the Rotary. They're pretty good in Bellevue. Okay. It's a good one. Um, let's see here.
0: Yeah, let's do a worth it style. Let's do the, the worth cheap it style, the cheap, the, cheap okay. the the middle value price, and then the expensive.
2: Uh, Tamari Bar is, is pretty decent. Okay. Um, I like that place. Um, and then the Kukai, or uh, not Kukai? Sorry, uh, Sukai, the Cross street, the sister store or sister restaurant. Yeah, Suka. Suka, yes. Suka, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the most, exp- and then the expensive one. Give me the expensive Man, one. Man, I haven't been to an expensive one in a long time.
2: Oh, you know what? Uh, Akina is good too in Campbell Hill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but as far as expensive one, I don't even know. I haven't been to one in a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think Kashiba. I haven't Shiba. been to Kashiba in a while though.
2: No, I haven't been to Kashiba at all. Yeah. It's a way. a huge wait, right? A long way. It's wait. always a long
0: way. Yep. Well, if you want to get, if you want to get Shiro to do yeah, it. Yeah. Oh right? yeah, you that's the way to there. do it though. Is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get it at the bar. omakase. It is. You do the omakase, right? do the omakase <laughs> there. Okay. Still talking about some Seattle food places. Are there any new places that you've recently been to that you should let our listeners know about?
2: Uh, Yeah. Eight, Izakaya in Federal Way. That that was a really good place that we recently went to. What did you like there? Oh, pretty much everything was good. Uh, Their carbonara was actually amazing for a Korean restaurant. Right?
0: Uh, Spaghetti carbonara. (laughs) I thought it was pretty good. Um, What was that traditional? No, not the traditional soup, but it was the military soup. Oh, for, the, the Army beef, beef Stew?
2: Yeah, the uh, Army Beef Stew, the, what is it, Boudet
0: Jigae, I think it's how I think, how you yeah, it? Not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know. We're not Korean guys, so <laughs> we're just, just butchering the name. Yep. Yeah, that one I thought was really, was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the KFC, the Korean fried chicken wasn't too bad either. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. What other restaurant? Any other restaurants? You're giving us, like, the, I just, I, I just said greater Seattle area. I mean, we went from Ballard all the way to Federal Way. Okay, what else, what else we got?
2: For sure, Snowy Village. I mean, okay. we go there what like almost once a week or so.
0: Yeah, Snowy Village. Yeah, yep. yeah. Say, <laughs> seems yeah. like seems like everybody's favorite spot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What do you think Seattle needs more of? What kind of foods is is lacking in Seattle? I always like to ask people this question because I feel like Seattle lacks a lot of food. If I because we do a lot of traveling. We you you were what in Las Vegas earlier this year. Um, I went to L.A. and some other bigger metropolitan cities and around the U.S. What what do you think we need in Seattle? What kind of things are, are lacking here?
2: For the most part, I don't think we're really lacking too much, but I think we're lacking, like, quality food. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, all the major ones. It's just it's the standards are a little different from, you know, L.A. and SF, where restaurants you'll see go, there would be, like, new restaurants and... Old restaurants close real quick, but in Seattle, you know, we have restaurants that stay for quite a while, even if they're not as good. So I think just the quality for most of the restaurants need to be higher or, you know, along the lines of California or whatnot.
0: I had a talk with a friend of mine, and he mentioned that there's no Michelin star restaurants. No. Not, I don't think there's, there's not one in the Pacific Northwest, right? not one in Washington or even Portland area? Is there a Michelin star in Portland? I don't think there is.
2: No, I, I don't believe so. I think California has a few.
0: You think it's because it's just more of a casual dining experience in, in the Pacific Northwest?
2: Well, in, the, in in like LA and San Francisco, I guess it's really competitive. So if your restaurant doesn't do good, you know, in the first like few months, then it's it's going away and new restaurant will come up. So, uh Seattle, I don't know if it's what it is, but I mean, rent is there's way more I think for restaurants here so it could be maybe like our uh, health department or you know something like that is not as strict as California I'm not quite sure but Mm -hmm. Seattle you know we just need to get some high quality food in here
0: I got a couple things I want to ask I have some flashcards because every time we interview foodie guests we always like to ask flashcards and it's just kind of like rapid fire I'm going to ask like maybe five to ten questions just, right. and you just fire off whatever you can, the first thing that thinks that you can think of. Okay. Okay. All right. You ready? Yep. Drake or Kendrick? Uh, Kendrick. Favorite ramen? Uh, Danbo. One ingredient you've never cooked with? Saffron. Your favorite dessert? Bingsu. <laughs> favorite noodles? Tea.
2: Favorite noodles? Uh, probably pho noodles. Okay.
0: Best cocktail? I want talk about that. Oh,
2: man. Uh, probably the Bam Bam from Black Bottle that was custom because <laughs> I'm super extra. <laughs> Black Bottle? Okay. <laughs> Tell me another cocktail that's not under your name. All right. Uh, I would probably do a uh, whiskey sour.
0: Okay. Favorite pizza?
2: Big Mario's probably in Seattle. P-
0: pineapple or no pineapple on pizza?
2: Definitely pineapple.
0: Oh, my God. Sea- Seahawks or Sounders? Seahawks. Favorite dish you've cooked? Oh, man. Probably just chicken wings. This is gonna throw you off a little bit. Guilty pleasure. What's a guilty pleasure that guilty pleasure of food that you don't want people to know about? Oh man, I don't care. <laughs> just tell them <laughs> guilty pleasure. What is hmm. what is some ratchet food that you
2: you, you eat? Ooh, then? probably just like pate and bread. Really? Yep. Okay.
0: Man, that's that's not ratchet pate. Yeah, just man, so bread. that's bougie. <laughs> Alright. Favorite coffee spot? Probably like Mercury. King five or Como? King five. Is it pop or soda? Soda. All right, let's end on this one. Oh, no, let's two more. <laughs> Favorite sandwiches? Uh un bien. And your best fried
2: chicken spot? Oh, man. You know what? I'd have to say Jollibee's. <laughs> Jollibee's.
0: Of course it's
2: Jollibee's. Jollibee's or maybe... Okay. But Jollibee's. Jollibee's. That I think fried. Jollibee's is yeah.
0: better. Yeah. Right. Sorry, Chimac. Right. <laughs> we still love Chimac. We still got love for Chimac. But yep. Jollibee's wins. All right. I think we're going to end it there. Brian, let me ask you one more question where can we find you on social media uh
2: so i'm on instagram uh my handle is bam bam lamb chops and then uh my photography page is uh shots by bam bam
0: okay awesome no other no other uh accounts or anything like that can't find you on tiktok or snapchat or (laughs) oh i'm on snapchat but i don't use it okay yeah don't Uh, worry about it i'm just (laughs) i'm just joking around i'm just joking around all right thank you so much man it was good it was a good interview and um yeah happy thanksgiving
2: all right cool thanks for having me happy thanksgiving everybody
0: and that was our interview with brian lamb aka bam bam lamb chops and you can also find his landscape photography account at shots by bam bam too as well Monica, Brian's been really awesome. We spent some time with him at that pyramid keg tree lighting, amongst other events, too. It, it's, he's, he's been a good friend of ours, and I'm really glad
1: that he was on our show. Absolutely. He's really cool to hang out with. I think the thing that I object to is that, Nelson, I think that you're always looking for friends named Brian. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Brian spells whatever way. I think you're trying to build, like, this army of Brian's around you. <laughs> So guys if your name is Brian, then Nelson would love to meet you.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, Monica <laughs> <laughs> I just realized my best friend in elementary school, who I still talk to to this day, his name is also Brian too. Yeah, as well. so maybe you are right. I'm yeah, I think you, there's, I think
1: Brian. it's a thing. <laughs> Nelson and the Bryans. Currently, we're at Brian squared. <laughs> <laughs> Brian squared.
0: And then I can, I can branch off and make friends with like Ryan's too, right? Can I yeah. do like Ryan's? Yeah, yeah from you there? Can do because
1: okay. you do have a friend named Ryan. I know that.
0: I have a friend named Ryan, and mm-hmm. um. I mean, what's what's another derivative from Brian? Ron, Bran, Bran, I guess. Bran,
1: there you go. I don't know.
0: So there you go. If you have a name with a B R or an R, come come hit me up. Yeah.
1: slide into his dms folks
0: <laughs> yeah. i still don't understand that i still don't understand that's I've why it's instagram. funny though i've been on instagram for three years and i still don't know what that i still don't actually know what that definitive term means so.
1: that's why it's yeah. funny <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
0: Yes, yes, yes. On this episode of making fun of Nelson because he's old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm old, too, though. (laughs) Uh, No, that was a great interview. And definitely, uh, definitely think that Brian is a great addition to our food community.
0: Definitely. All right, Monica, that's pretty much our show for tonight. Give us a percentage of how much Christmas shopping or holiday shopping you've done.
1: Oh, I'm 80% done. What? 80%. It's December first, man. It's December first. <laughs> I was not expecting that high of a number. <laughs> it's December first. <laughs> uh no, I actually what I do is um I start going to craft fairs in November. And so when I talk about them, I talk about them. I don't really feature a lot of them, but um, I actually get a lot of shopping done there because it's not just one gift. You know, usually if you're going to like one store, you know, you're usually going for one thing that you're buying from one person. I like to buy from makers whenever possible. So I love spaces where there's a a wide variety and selection of people to choose from. And I look for gifts that call to me, you know, so it's not a chore. It's more like, hey, look at that. So-and-so would really love that. Mm -hmm. always shop small businesses. I always try to. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone.
0: That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a fun one. Have a wonderful week and happy eating Seattle.